Hey, everybody, it's the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. I am Kyle Chidock, the owner of Bolton E-Bikes and your host. I want to tell you a little bit about tubeless tires. What does that mean? If you don't know anything about tubeless tires, then you're in the right spot today. I'm going to explain what that means, what it takes to have a tubeless bicycle, and why you might want it in the first place. This is a term that's been thrown around a lot lately, at least for me, because we have two bikes now, at least we're selling two bikes when we have them, that have tubeless ready rims and tubeless ready tires. And often people are asking me, what does that actually mean? Or how does that work? How do you have a bicycle tire wheel set up? And how does it hold air? How do you pump it up? There's so many questions. So I do have a video that's being filmed in the near future. So if you want a detailed how-to that shows you how this works, I highly recommend checking out that video on the YouTube channel. But today I'm just going to teach you some of the basics. Why would you even want to do this in the first place? Like I said, how does it work? And what are the either advantages or disadvantages to doing this? And I have a couple of fun facts for you today because I always love looking at the history and seeing why are bikes made the way that they are? Why are parts made the way that they are? Because sometimes you come across something that is, is a little bit silly and you think, oh, well, we should do that differently. And that's how we sometimes learn new things or we learn how to make things better. And of course, Bolton e-bikes is all about making bikes better. And if you go all the way back to 1887, that's when a guy with the last name of Dunlop, that might sound familiar in the world of tires, invented something for bicycles or patented something where you had a tube inside the tire and around the rim, and that held some air. It allowed for a soft, adjustable ride, but you still have this nice, hard, or at least harder tire that's more resistant to punctures and gets traction. So 1887 is when tubes were invented for bicycles. And it's amazing to me that it's been like 130 plus years since tubes were invented, and that's still how most bicycles are being used or how they're set up. It wasn't until 1999 that a company called Mavic, who was very well known for their tubeless stuff, there's a lot of other options nowadays, but for a few years, they were kind of like, this is the new thing. But it wasn't until 1999 until they came up with a tubeless setup. And that's a different standard than what we're using on the Raptor or the Blackbird and a lot of the bikes that are on the market today. But they were kind of the first to make a significant change to how bicycle tires and tubes were set up. So good on them for making a change. It only took just over 100 years. I hope the next innovation doesn't take nearly as long. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in the next five to 10 years that tires change completely. But we've got a little bit of time. Who knows? Somebody else may come up with something I haven't thought of. I think the next thing that's up and coming is airless tires, where you can have a 
3D printed or some compound that maybe is multiple materials and you can change the inner structure so it gets you the traction or the soft amount you want, but also the firmness in other areas. And, you know, it doesn't have a sidewall that flexes too much. And, and that's all very complicated to figure out and manufacture, but I think it, it's coming just a few years down the road. I won't be surprised if we see that, but we're not there yet. So you have two options today. You can have tubes in your tires or not. And, and there are some other like hard rubber inserts and different things. And I wouldn't really recommend any of those. The only time I've ever used one of those or had experience with it, it was a nightmare to install and it just, it didn't work that well. So I don't personally recommend that method. It just, they don't work very well in my experience. So back to tubeless, the Blackbird, the Raptor, they are tubeless ready. That is a certain standard, if you will, that means that the tire is designed a certain way and the rim is designed a certain way that you can make them tubeless, but it requires a little bit of work. But first, why would you even want to do this in the first place, right? Like, doesn't it seem like you'd be easier to get a flat if something just has to poke through the tire, not a tire and a tube? What's the real advantage to it? And interestingly enough, the consensus from people really using tubeless setups is that often they're more resistant to flats. And there's a couple reasons for that. One type of flat, and I've talked about this many times before uh, in other episodes, but one kind of flat is, is a pinch flat. And that's where you, you hit a rock or a root or a curb or, or something to where you literally pinch the tube. And we used to call them snake bites because you'd get two little holes sometimes. And then your tire goes flat because you just hit something too hard. And if you have a tubeless setup, if you hit something really hard, you could hit your rim. But that'd be, you know, obviously something might cause damage if you had a tube anyway. But basically the idea is there's no tube, no pinch flat. That type of flat goes away completely. So awesome. You just eliminated one type of flat altogether. Now for little thorns and things, which I feel like are the most common things I see for flats, either thorns, sticks, or if you're riding on the road or alongside the road, little screws and nails and staples and whatever sort of junk is alongside the debris on the right side of the road, those kinds of things, it's better to have some sort of sealant. And if you're using a tube, you'll have something like Slime or a similar brand. There are a couple of others I've seen lately that people are talking about that maybe work better. I haven't tried them myself, but definitely we'll be looking into that. But you need something that, so that when a hole is created, there's something that fills in the gap and kind of basically dries and solidifies there and keeps your air in the tire where it's supposed to be. And for a tubeless ready setup, uh, sealant is required to kind of keep everything together. With the Mavic design when they came out with that in 1999 and, and still today, they have a whole different design where you can have a special UST tire, I hopefully I'm saying that abbreviation right, and rim, and you don't even need a sealant. But there's not as many of those tires out there. It's just, like I said, not as common. And that's not what we're using, so I'm not going to dive into that as much. But a tubeless ready setup needs a sealant, which on the plus side means you have a sealant in there. So if you get a thorn, like the slime in a tube or something, that sealant is going to seal up wherever that little hole was. Now, at some point, you can get a hole that's just too big, 
like I said, a screw or a nail, and the sealant isn't going to work. You're going to have to pull that out. But here's where things get really interesting to me, is that you can actually fix a flat on a tubeless tire, oftentimes much easier or faster than if you had a tube. So there's a few different ways to fix a flat. You can carry some different types of patches or material to try and patch the tire itself and pump it back up. There are things for that. You can also carry a tube with you and then just make sure you've removed whatever the thorn or nail or whatever it is out of the tire so it doesn't puncture your tube. But you can just put a tube in and fix it that way. But that requires getting the wheel off and the breaking the bead of the tire off the rim, which is a little bit trickier on a tubeless setup. But you don't have to do that at all. You don't have to remove anything if you buy the right tools. There are quite a few out there, and I haven't tested enough of them myself to give you an idea of which one I think is best. I think that would be a really cool video in the future, perhaps, is how to repair a flat on a tubeless tire. Maybe we buy a bunch of different brands and try different methods and we see which one works the best. But what's really cool, let's say a nail goes right through your tire and you have a tubeless setup. Well, now you have this gaping hole in your tire, right? <laughs> this seems like a big problem. Like, how do you fix this? But from outside of the tire, right? So you don't have to take the tire off the bike or anything. You can use tools that insert a plug. So you put a plug in, it stays in the tire. Sometimes you have to trim off the excess material that's on the plug that you popped in there, but it stays in the tire permanently, basically. And then if needed, you put some more air back in the tire and off you go. I've literally seen videos, I was just watching a few before hitting record on this podcast episode, where they drill through a tire, like a drill bit. They're literally drilling a hole through a tire, pop it out. You can hear the air rushing out. They pop a plug in there and it's fixed in like less than 10 seconds. So that is just amazing. You can see how if people are into to racing or different things, like that's a huge advantage if you get a flat tire and you can fix it within seconds instead of minutes. I remember when I was on the mountain biking team in high school, sometimes we do some drills basically where you see how fast you can change a flat. And there were guys that could do it in like one to two minutes. And that was really good at the time that, you know, if you're in a race, you get a flat one, two minutes, you can fix it and be back on the road. But that's nothing compared to a manner of seconds. Odds are really good you're not racing on an e-bike, although there are some races for e-bikes out there. But that doesn't really matter. What does matter is convenience, at least for me. If I'm going to work, I don't want to be late, right? That's important. Or if I'm just out having fun, like I don't want to have to waste part of the nice sunny weather that day, you know, fixing my flat tire. So if I can put a plug in and do that, that is pretty awesome. That is a huge time saver and makes a lot of sense. So I think I'm definitely going to try some different methods and see if there's one that I like more than the other. So that way I'm just always prepared for that. And in a worst case scenario, you just carry a tube like maybe you already do now and you put one of those in, you can still fix it. But there is a faster, better option. So that's pretty cool. The other benefits are less rolling resistance. And what I mean by that is when the tire is rolling, it's flexing depending on 
you know, where the bottom of the tire is, right? Wherever it's contacting the road, there's a certain amount of flex going on. And that flex is happening with the tube as well. And this is a proven fact that if you eliminate the tube, you reduce the friction because the tube isn't there anymore. And there's actually less rolling resistance. The bike will roll easier. And for an e-bike, in theory, that means more range. How much? I don't really know. I'll have to do a little more digging and see if any of these studies show like a percentage or exactly how much less rolling resistance and see if we can somehow equate that to an e-bike, which is normally a little heavier, might be a little tricky. Probably the simpler thing to do is we just go for a ride with tubed tires, convert it to tubeless, do it again, and see if we can notice any difference at all. I think where we can get a noticeable difference, if there's going to be anything, is with something like a, like a top speed test. Because at maximum speed, you're pushing everything to the limit. And if something like tubeless or not tubeless is going to make a difference in rolling resistance, you should see something there. It should either go faster, or if it's maxing out on RPM, it should go the same speed, but draw less power. We should be able to see something. I think that'll be an interesting test and something I'm definitely going to put on the to-do list because, like I said, I'm already going to do a video with the Blackbird or one of the other bikes and how to do a tubeless conversion. So makes sense to go ahead and do that. So less rolling resistance and you have more flat resistance. And in a way, you might have the opportunity to repair a flat easier to so all things that are positives. And then finally, you're removing, say on the Blackbird, two fat bike tubes. That's a few pounds of weight. So it's a few pounds of rotating mass, but it's also just a few pounds of weight off the bike in general. So the bike will be lighter to lift up and put on your rack. It's lighter to ride. Anytime we can remove weight and have a net benefit in other ways, that is just awesome. So those are the things that tubeless tires and tubeless rims can do for you. Now, what does it take to actually make this happen? How do you install this? It's a fairly simple process, but if you haven't seen it on video, sometimes it's a little confusing, but I'll do my best to explain on the podcast here. Short version is you pull the tube out. <laughs> that kind of seems obvious, right? So basically let the air out of your tire and your tube and pull the tube out. And then what you have to do is prep the rim a little bit. And that requires some tape. Now, I've seen many, many brands of tubeless tape that you can put on the rim itself. But funny enough, I've seen like even the guys from Park Tool, you know, they sell tools for bikes. That's all they do. And they have a video that shows how to do a conversion like this. And even they use Gorilla Tape that you would just find at the local hardware store. It's really common. I've seen a lot of people use it. And I find it fascinating that Gorilla Tape, something you just go and buy at the local hardware store, is one of the most common things that people use and apparently works quite well. So for the Blackbird bikes in particular, we're actually shipping all of the bikes with a tubeless conversion kit. So we're sending two little bottles of sealant, one for each wheel. And we're also sending new valve stems. I'll get to that in a moment. The one thing we're not sending is tape because it's hard to get a really small roll of tape. At least everybody right now, when we're needing to ship these, is out of stock. And the only things we've got are these massive rolls. It doesn't make any sense. So 
for the tubeless conversion on the Blackbird, you will have to go and buy one thing if you want to do that, and that is a roll of Gorilla Tape from your local hardware store. You can also go get some, you know, real quote-unquote tubeless rim tape from, you know, a local bike shop or something, but that gives you some options, and it's, you know, less than 10 bucks to go buy the materials you need. Everything else will be there. So I already mentioned the sealant, and you kind of know what that's for. That's to seal up any little leaks of air anywhere at all between the rim and the tire. And then, of course, you need a valve stem, because where is the valve stem? You just pulled it out with your tire. Now, how do you, one, plug that hole that's right there, and two, how do you put air into your new tubeless tire setup? So there is a valve stem, and then on the Blackbird, we're using Presta valves. We're not using the Schraders anymore. And basically, it's got a little rubber grommet on there, and it's just a stem. It's not attached to a tube or anything. So it inserts, and this little rubber grommet setup holds the air in. And then if there's any tiny little leaks, that sealant is going to help keep that closed up. So pretty simple process. Like I said, basically remove the tube, put on your tape. You're going to dump some sealant into basically the bottom of the tire because otherwise it's going to run out and just make a mess everywhere. And then you put the tire back on. And probably the trickiest part is just getting the rim or getting the tire seated to the rim. Some people will use an air compressor. That way you have a big blast of air all of a sudden to get the tire to expand onto the rim right away. I'm hoping like with the Blackbird bikes that because the tires are already installed on the rim, we've already put a tube on. That's going to make the process a little bit easier because the tires already kind of formed to fit the rim. Whereas if it was brand new, you might kind of have to do a little work to get it to fit. One of the tips I've seen people do is put a tube in after they've put the tape onto the rim, but before they put the sealant in and pump it up to pressure and just get the tire to kind of form to shape and they'll leave it that way. Like if you really want it to form well, go put that out in the sun or in a warm room somewhere. So it kind of settles in a little bit. And then that makes the tubeless part later easier. But because the Blackbirds already have a tube, you should be able to just skip that step completely, I think. One thing it will do, though, after the tape is, you know, push the tape down into place. So as long as you push all that tape down in, make sure everything's sealed up nicely, I think you can get away without that. But you've got tape, you've got sealant dumped in there, you've got the tire back on, get some high pressure, or if you're lucky, you can use a, a hand pump or something. And pump really fast, but the more pressure you've got, the easier this is going to be to do the very first time. Uh, and once you've got enough pressure, you make sure that tire is seated all the way onto the rim perfectly. And very common at this stage for people to have a little spray bottle with some soapy water in it. And if you spray the edge of the tire right where it meets up with the rim, it just lets it slide around a little bit and it will pop into place much easier. So that's a little thing that you'll probably want to have handy and ready in case you need it because there's a good chance that you will. Now at this point, they're basically done, but you want to roll the tire around quite a bit. You could even go ride it, assuming everything's holding well at that point. But don't be surprised if it takes a few days for the sealant to kind of seep into all the little nooks and crannies. I've seen people that pump them up and write it, pump it up again, you know, let 
pressure in and out. There's a whole bunch of different ways I've seen people do this. But don't be surprised if they seem a little leaky for the first day or two. That's actually normal. In fact, on my own mountain bike that I have that has tubeless tires and rims, I have noticed that over time, oh, a few months or so, like I do have to pump them up a little more often than a bike that has tubes in it. But on a day-to-day basis, it's not even noticeable. I can't tell that it's losing any air. But if the bike's sitting for a couple of months, then I fully expect that the tires will be a little bit low and I'm going to have to pump them back up. For me, that's a very small trade-off for the advantages to the whole setup. Like I said, the lighter weight, less rolling resistance, and easier to fix flats. Now on the mountain bike I've got that has tubeless tires, like I said, I haven't tested a lot of the plugs and different things, and that's because I've been fortunate enough. I actually haven't had any flats on that bike. So hopefully that is speaking well to the tubeless setups and how they work because I haven't gotten a flat on that yet. But I may have just been riding it at the wrong time of year, wrong place, because sometimes the goat heads and things just come like crazy around here. And it's impossible, seems impossible to ride without getting a flat. Summertime, that's going to happen around here again. Thankfully, we're in winter and uh, all those nasty thorns that we have here are gone. (laughs) So that's what the whole premise is. That's the idea. Those are the advantages. That's what it takes to set up. Not terribly complicated but it might take you an afternoon the first time to kind of get the hang of things and get it on. And then I think after that, it's going to be much, much simpler for you if you decide to do it on another bike. So I hope that helps. One of the other questions I'm getting a lot, and I want to address this real quick, is whether or not other bikes we have can be converted to a tubeless setup, like the Fox Bat or the Sabre or one of the other popular models that doesn't come with tubeless-ready rims and tires. Uh, And all I can say is that they're not set up for it. It's not designed for it. (laughs) If you go on Google and type in ghetto tubeless, you will certainly find some results where people take what is considered a standard non-tubeless rim and maybe, maybe not a tubeless tire. And I've seen it done. I don't know if I would trust it, but it's possible, I guess. So I can't say that I would recommend it. And that's why we made a dedicated effort on the Blackbird to have not only tubeless rims, but tubeless tires, and include some of the parts you need to make that happen. Now, I know one of the final things about the Blackbird and the tubeless setup is that the 24-inch bikes did not get 24-inch tubeless tires yet. Thankfully, we have contracted with the tire company, V-Tire, to make a bunch of tubeless 24-inch tires for 2021. Yay, that's coming uh, soon. We're already in 2021. So when those tires show up, they're going to start going on the bikes, and we'll try and make those available for anybody who needs them, and hopefully we have enough volume of tires. It's a lot of tires. I'm not going to tell you how many tires, but it's a lot. Let's just say, oh, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of how many containers just the tires alone would fill, and I can't even take an educated guess. It's a lot of tires. We'll just leave it at that. But hopefully we'll have plenty of those available. So either size can be converted if needed. So I hope that helps and gives you a little bit more information on why you might want tubeless and whether or not you think that's a benefit for you. I think most people would agree after learning a little bit more about it that it's certainly worth a try. Thanks again for listening to the Bolton e-bikes podcast. I really do appreciate all of you. I always like to talk about bike giveaways and what's going on. 
The most recent one, we had a little glitch where some people weren't able to enter their email address. We were able to get that fixed and extended the giveaway timeframe. Hopefully that allowed everyone the chance to enter. And if not, just be aware that the video is coming out soon for the Electric Bike Company Model R, and that is a bike we're giving away. So make sure you're on our email list so we can send you a link to that giveaway. If you're not on that list, you can do that by going to ebikepodcast.com. Once again, that's ebikepodcast.com. And hopefully I will talk to you again on another Tuesday. Tuesday.